Good morning, everybody. It's uh, the 22nd of August, 2023. My name is Larry Jacobs, and this is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks for being with us today. Or maybe you listen to in the archives, and as you know, we know a lot of people do do that. It's the nature of podcasting, and everything's uh, archived over at ace-ed.org, which is our home website for the American Consortium for Equity and Education. That's ace Dash ed.org and all the podcasts are there. All the information about uh, our American Consortium for Equity and Education, including the Excellence in Equity Awards program, that's extremely popular. We hope you get involved with that. Everything's free over there, by the way, for educators. And of course, you can take a look at our magazine, which is called Equity and Access, our online journal. That's pretty darn good, I got to tell you. Okay, just scroll down a little bit on the website. You'll see the cover. Click right through, and you'll enjoy a good magazine all about K-12 education and equity and access with it. All right, good stuff, and we're very concerned about it, especially in this day and age with a lot of pressure on educators and all the changes that are going on out there. So please check it all out at ace-ed.org. Today, we're going to talk with and my good friends over at Cosin. I've got Lucy Gray here and Tom Ryan, Dr. Tom Ryan. Tom is, I, I believe he's the Former, the former. I'm not sure about this. Uh, ed Tech Director over in Santa Fe Schools. It might be, might still be there. But Dr. Tom is here along with Lucy Gray, who has been involved in education for so long. Lucy is the Project Director for the Digital Equity Initiative over at Cosin, Cosin.org, the Consortium on School Networking. Tom, Tom is a uh, has been involved with the with Cosin as past, past chair, etc. However, today we're going to talk about their um, digital equity dashboard, which is really key. It gives you a picture of every school district across the United States, every state, et cetera, et cetera, and how we're doing on that. You can compare them to you with size and all that sort of stuff. It's really cool. So without further ado, let me bring on Lucy. Good morning, Lucy. It's Larry here. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Thank you for asking. Great. Okay. It's great. And also, Dr. Tom Ryan, are you there, Tom? I am, and it's a pleasure to be here and uh, talk with you again, Larry. That's great to have you both here, i got to tell you. And, Tom, are you still working for Santa Fe Schools? You were there. I don't know if you were or are their ed tech director. I got lost on that one. What's going on? Yeah, I was I a was, uh, uh, chief information and strategy officer for the Santa yeah. Fe Public Schools prior to that, the Albuquerque Public Schools. And, and now where are I, you uh, now? Now, yeah. Now I'm just doing some in, uh, uh, private consulting uh, around the work that we're doing here. Good enough. And are you consult? I have to ask you this time because I wanted to make get it straight. Are you you're consulting as the founder, co-founder of the K twelve Strategic Technology Advisory Group? Am I correct? Yeah, I had a lot of my peers after working uh, as a COSIN chair and and with the school yeah. districts needing some help, and so we set up an organization to help uh, education CIOs. And I wanted to talk to you about that because I want you to know that the strategic, I think you figured this out maybe, the Strategic Technology Advisory Group, Tom's company, okay, the acronym is STAG. Have you have you decided to use a logo of a giant buck of deer? I want to ask you that. STAG is the name of your acronym. What do you think? Yeah, that I'll I'll take that into consideration. Um, I've been so busy just working with schools, I haven't done much on the marketing side. Do the marketing side because that that by total I think co- like probably coincidence is a would be a great logo for you. I just couldn't help notice that today. No, thank you. 
I'll, I'll You're take welcome. them in consideration. Do it. And, and Lucy, when you come up with a company you want me to come up with a logo for, I'm happy to do that for you. I have AI now to do that for me. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have the job, Lucy, and I've already been replaced by technology. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, it's that I actually don't think that AI is going to completely replace everything. But um, you know, I think logo making is a is a is an honorable. Um, an honorable thing. So um, I do have a company, but I'm here actually on behalf of Cosin. So yeah, you um, are, but you can tell us what your I'm company is. Have, the uh, the uh, the yeah, actionable. Yeah. It, it's action. It's actionable innovations global. Right? Am I correct? Is that right? Yeah, and it, it's a it's a professional learning community for educators, and we do a lot of online events. Our goal is to bring educators uh, together and inspire them to do more. Um, and uh, it, it started with a, a global education conference and we've expanded to other things as well. And uh, it's exciting. I don't think virtual is going away. I think, I think um, there are a lot of teachers who need professional development and Absolutely. connections and, and, and that's what um, we seek to do. And both of you, by the way, know that, you know, you, you both have companies and just stay in touch with me. You're always welcome here. I just want you to know that. Okay. Also, and I know you're here on behalf of Costa today, which I love. Okay, but I'm not I'm not adverse to helping you guys out with your other stuff as well. Okay, just so everybody awesome. knows that. Yeah, please. Always oh, Lucy's Actionable Innovations Global, and Tom is the K12 Strategic Technology Advisory Group. And now we're on to Costa. And I got to say something before we start about the uh, the, the equity dashboard. Uh, there's a young lady who works uh, at the Fratelli, which, Ty, which Keith Kruger and Kosen used to help them with PR and marketing and all that sort of stuff. And Mackenzie always is the one who sends me all the information that I need to put together these shows. And I wanted to take just a minute here, like I just did, and thank her for the good work she does, because she really does make it easy for me to do these shows. So thanks, Mackenzie. Okay, somebody ought to know that. Okay, now, Kosen, all right, the digital equity initiative all about it. Tom, why don't you start? Okay. How's it? Talk about what you're doing with the digital equity dashboard. And to me, what's important about it, and I think you're going to agree with me, is it's, this would lead to data-driven decision-making in educational technology, okay, for school districts. And to me, that's extremely important. Tom, take it from there. Yeah. Cosin. Uh, uh, the Consortium of School Networking has been helping CIOs um, around the country, regardless of district size. And one of the yeah. areas that we have been specifically targeting is this whole equity and access and the, the homework gap and the opportunities for years and years and years. And so this was another effort by COSIN to help CIOs give them the data and information they needed about both the community and then trying to tie that in the schools. We started this in Santa Fe Public Schools years ago, uh, at the beginning of COVID, to identify which kids had access and which didn't, which to, because our state and our superintendent said, we, if we're going to go online, we're going to make sure every kid has an opportunity to be online, not just the ones here, that here. can afford it. So here, here. We, we initiated this effort, um, then with uh, support by Google and others, um, we were able to put together a dashboard that not only the, – the thing that was unique about it, Larry, is it tied my 
operational systems to my academic system. So I was able to get throughput every single child with their upload speed, download speed. And a lot of wow. people during COVID said, let's just get them a hotspot and that solved the problem. But for our, for our poorest uh, communities, that just was the start of another set of problems. And so we identified that you just can't have one blanket solution that meets all the needs of all of the, all of the um, learners. And so there were other challenges that we had to consider when we were looking at how we're going to solve this problem. And then we had actual data as opposed to only the people that can fill out a survey because they understand what bandwidth is in the first place. We were able to get that information on demand and tie that uh, our filters in with our uh, student information and gave us just this wealth of information. And uh, we've been building on that and have, have uncovered some some fascinating information that has led to us testifying with the FCC and, wow. and helping to get the equity in access uh, at, a, at a federal level. This stuff, this is so important, that whole equity side, et cetera, and the poor communities, and especially where you are and where a lot of people are in the, the mountains. I'm thinking of eastern Kentucky and Tennessee, those mountains, the hollers, et cetera. Okay, it's hard for people to get bandwidth down there. Okay, and get frequency and all that sort of thing. And that's why this is so darn important because, and, and I have to ask this, and Tom, I want to stick with you. I see this, uh, your, your equity dashboard, A, it's great to have the information, but B, I see it, if I may, as ammunition. Okay, you go into uh, your school board meeting and you say, look, this is where we are, but look at these other districts. This is where we should be. I now have data to show you that we have got to get up to date. How, do you see it the same way I do as, as ammunition, or how, if I may, how do you use it? And Tom, I'm just going to stick with you on that one. Yeah, I'm going to take it away from the ammunition side and bring it to the evidence side. So I might have some information about my students, but I don't. I only have assumptions about the other school districts in my community or in my state or across the nation. And so if I have data that lets me compare the number of kids that have a cell phone, the number of kids that have internet access, the income levels that are at a house, the ability are the things that prevent kids from getting there, I think we can bring a more meaningful conversation instead of these little, uh, you know, 150 word uh, comments may or may not be accurate. And so I, I'm able to say, well, that, that's great, but what the data says, and we've had this, where people have come in to present, and we're able to say, yep, that's true, or uh, that may be true somewhere else, but that's not true here, because here's what mm -hmm. our data, and not only our data, the Santa Fe Public Schools or the Albuquerque Public Schools or anybody, this is, this is data that has, is, is a nationally accepted set of uh, rubrics that we can use to bring in a cohesive argument. Um, and when you have that data, it really trumps some of the opinions that people have. And, it, it, and the data surprised us with, with what our own opinions were. And, and some were, were validated and others were, were just, that was the wrong, we're, we're going down the wrong path. So why waste mm -hmm. time there? Right. Right. It's, it's amazing. By the way, everybody, COSIN.org, or you can just Google COSIN Digital, which is what I did this morning with Simpler, COSIN's Digital Equity Dashboard. It'll take you right over to there. Lucy, how do you see all this? How do you want school districts to use all this? By the way, it's an amazing, it's just an amazing amount of incredible data, visual, visualized, I might add, in yes. many cases. 
yeah, Lucy, talk about it. <clears throat> You're the project director. Be yeah, brave, so, be bragging, do it. Uh, okay, well, I I am the person who's kind of organizing and along with Tom and, and helping people learn how to use this tool uh, as much as possible. So mm-hmm. um, just to kind of clarify, this is the third part of a student home internet connectivity study that was done um, and, and sponsored by several entities, most recently Dell and Google. And in the first two parts of the study, it was determined um, that the home connectivity piece was really crucial um, to student success. And so this dashboard is that third component um, to help people actually pinpoint where those things are. Uh, we just released it a month ago, probably, um, and NIVE mm-hmm. is our yeah. partner in developing this dashboard. And we are also working with three school districts who are going to incorporate their own data into a version of this dashboard so that they can even drill down further into the data to pinpoint where uh, issues might may exist. And those are Desert Sands in California, Altoona in Wisconsin, and Albuquerque Public Schools. So we're really looking forward to um, seeing how they find this useful in their particular context. In September, uh, September 13th, we're going to be doing a webinar on how to use this dashboard. And then in February, we're hopefully doing a webinar with those case study schools where we'll be digging into what they've found um, over the course of several months. So that's kind of the outline of it. What, yeah, and Lucy, what what you, when, when, when you say that, I got to yeah. ask you, what, what, what are you, and, and you have to do it with this the, the design in mind. What, what, are, what, are the, what do you think they're going to find as they drill down into this? Do you have any yeah, ideas on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so we've already, so as part of my work, we have an advisory committee that works closely with Tom and I on um, digital equity issues. Mm-hmm. And we've been brainstorming with them ideas on how people might want to use this. And I think, again, it depends on your, your particular context. So, for example, one of our advisory committee members, Holly, um, said she's in Maine, in a district in Maine, and she said, yeah, sure. we'll look at this and we'll be able goes. to determine what we can do. Yeah, okay, okay. So, you know, you know, how, so, uh, yeah. you know, we'll look at this for in terms of, of, um, uh, uh, snow days and how we can plan adequately for that and what we can expect kids to be able to do with at home on a snow day. Yes. So Great. so for that particular context, you already probably get a lot of snow. That's going to be really important. Another one of our advisory board members, uh, Stacy Hawthorne, uh, has a friend who's running for school board. And this woman has found the data to be really helpful in analyzing the district Absolutely and identifying no. the needs and putting that into her her uh, her platform. So so there's those are wow, just a couple of great. little examples. But but what I really what I hope this will be is not just a tool for schools, but for communities. And so they can um, you know schools can look with it to partner with their libraries or uh, nonprofit organizations and see where they can help bridge that connectivity gap. They can also use this to uh, work with local broadband providers. One issue that was brought up by our advisory committee last uh, week was there's sometimes there's redlining going on where, um, you know, there's low quality bro- broadband is being provided by one provider 
and you know in 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 particularly rural areas and that sort of thing so there's 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 conversations to be had with those kinds of entities about how how connectivity can be improved so there's there's a lot of things that can be done with this because great it's not just broadband broadband data but it's also health data that's incorporated in there you can make correlations between for example uh, levels of, of depression and uh, access to technology through this dashboard. Um, maybe maybe thinking that telehealth is not is is not something that's accessible to people in that community. Um, you can use it for program planning. What kind of adult uh, education things do we need to be able to do? Um, how do we help these families get connected? We can make plans for communication with our constituencies. So so there's a lot that can be done with this, but it takes it takes some digging around. And, um, and what I would encourage people to do is to really kind of first focus on your own district and see if the data surprises you or mm. doesn't, and, and, go, and go from there. And, and then as, to Tom's point, look at your neighbors and see what they're up to in terms of the numbers. Uh, that that was that was an excellent answer. I got to tell you that, Lucy. That was that just uh, uh, was just amazing. And there's uh, two things I want to talk about there. A the telehealth side, uh, with uh, the staffing shortages so bad and all the peripheral people that we need the schools, pathologists, psychologists, even guidance counselors, nurses, etc. Okay, the telehealth side and the, the need for broadband is so incredibly important for so many, and that's it, it, it's affecting the urban districts, but certainly the rural districts in in places like New Mexico and Nevada, and even here in Maine, they can't get the help they need. They need the broadband to get the kids set with SEL and all those all those incredible school professionals. They can't they can't find in their own community. And the other thing I want just want to say this, Lucy, as a kid who grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I look forward to every snow day. I went all through Philly public <laughs> schools, okay? And the joy of your, when you were a kid and that kind of thing is when they suddenly over the radio in those days, they would announce all Philadelphia public and parochial schools are closed today due to the snow. And now, thanks, thanks everybody, Lucy Gray, okay, and Tom Ryan, okay? <laughs> they have changed the earth. Okay, this is a new, this is like a, a, a apocalyptic news. They're, they're going to screw up the snow days. Holly's up in Maine where I live, and she's further north than me. And this is good. This I got to tell you, this is this is uh, good news for the school districts and bad news for the kids. Whatever you do, kids, don't TP Lucy and Tom's houses. Got that? Okay. <laughs> Just had to make that clear. Tom, do you feel guilty? Do you feel guilty about this snow day thing, Tom? How guilty do you yeah. feel? Well, so so I just want to clarify that I don't feel any guilt at all. <laughs> uh, I I feel like this is an opportunity to expand our uh, education for all kids, and so I feel uh, proud and excited. I, I think it's more than just the snow day, Larry. I think it's yeah. I think it's integrating this every day. If you just pull this out for a snow day, this just becomes a uh, supplemental form of instruction, and I think. And I look forward for my yeah. grandkids, uh, that, and, and they've been utilizing these tools, and they have uh, great privilege and great advantage over other kids that don't have this access, and, and that is where I feel my mm. guilt. How do I, yeah. as a community member, man, leverage this so this enhances daily instruction? Our last study showed that kids use more data 
at home doing homework on school-related functions than they do while they're in school. And if that's true, and our, our data shows that, then that means that where the kids are practicing what they learned in school, where they're where they're reinforcing what they learned in school, yeah. that's at home. If we don't make sure that these kids have those resources available to them on demand, then those kids are just going to suffer when they get back because they won't have that practice. And I, I do also want to build on, we have this bipartisan infrastructure bill, and this is going to give phenomenal data on community connectivity and community access, and where do we need to focus resources to make sure that there is equity to that, that information. And when you're, it's more than just mountains, it's, it's desert areas like in Tobacco yeah. where you got miles and miles and miles and you just don't have broadband available. Yeah. Now we can pin those areas, we can tie it directly into education or the telehealth because we found that families that, that needed this connectivity or were using the students' access to get needed resources for, for their family, whether that's telehealth hmm. or work type thing. So we, we need to provide that access to the family, not just to that one individual child. We sure do, and Tom, again, that was well said as well. Okay, it, it's, all this is just so darn important. And we, and we are seriously well into a new age. Okay, I'm, I'm the age we're in, maybe in middle age by now, it's been around for so long. Okay, and things change so quickly. And, and to even have, it's amazing to even have this kind of conversation so far into the high-tech age, especially in education, okay, is amazing mm-hmm. right there. We're, we're still grasping it, understanding it, and being sure everybody's covered. And I always describe it, you know, it's like the old TVA when people did not have electricity. They, were, they, were, they had no information. They had no radio. Okay, back in the days, and it's the same thing here. People are dependent on the Internet, as much aggravation as that can be. And you know what else you said, Tom, that's so amazing, is that uh, learning, and this is what we we are also, if I may, learning, is learning is 24-7. Okay, school is a catalyst. Let me put it this way. School can be a catalyst to deeper learning. That's what it should be. Okay, and that deeper learning, like you just said, is taking place in many cases at home. All right. And, and, you know, if we can facilitate that, I mean, we, we have done a, a miracle of this age. I, I just think oh, well, what you guys. Yeah, go ahead, Tom, please. Or, yeah, Tom. Well, uh, yeah, uh, just building on that there, Larry, it, it, it allows us to partner. So much of what used to happen in our classrooms was in, uh, inside that room and behind that door. And now we can bring family in. We can bring mom in. We can bring grandpa in and, and help with the child because those instructional resources are available there. The, the work and the homework is, is there, and it now creates a partnership that we can have with the community and the education of that child. And I think that you were going towards this point. We have greater access to these resources, but it also brings in greater support that we can start to leverage for the success of that child. Yeah, it's it's really just amazing. And Lucy, let me ask you this: Is the dashboard open to every school district? All you have to do is go over there, or do you have to be a COSIN member in order to really access the uh, no. down into the weeds? Talk about that. Yeah, it's it's accessible to everyone. We want everyone to be able to access it. Um, the easiest way to get to it um, is going to COSIN.org and the topic areas. You'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, one topic is digital equity. 
And on that page, we have tons of resources, including this dashboard, yep. that will help uh, school leaders make, you know, uh, start the discussion in their, in their districts around digital equity if they haven't done so already. On the dashboard itself, there are five tabs. Um, there's a state zip code analysis tool. Mm -hmm. There's a county profile tool, county indicator and correlation analysis, bandwidth performance, locale type, and district analyzer. And we have videos on our webpage that will explain how to use these different portions of the, of the dashboard. Um, it can be a little overwhelming. So, you know, my, my first piece of advice is just, again, look at your state, look at your district, start playing around with it. And I think that lots of ideas will come to um, users when they see this. Um, and 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 understand what their situation looks like based on data. Um, we also have a tab in the dashboard too that that indicates where the data sources are. So and people have had questions about that. And a lot of it is you know census data. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I'm looking at it right now. Um, there's a lot of different kind of publicly available data sources that are put into this. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll build on this too, and we'll add other of course, uh, data sets that that people will find beneficial. Um, our advisory committee last week mentioned some of the members mentioned that they would love to know um, the number of special ed students in the district or um, ELL students, that sort of thing, in correlation to all this. And, and you know, I'm just going to ask you that question. This thing has so much data on it. The, the digital equity dashboard again cosin.org everybody but you uh, put uh, so much thought and so much time and it's so good and so now i got to ask you the funny question were you surprised when you left something out what'd you leave out or you just go oh my god why, why didn't we have this in there what'd you think anything Lucy? Uh, what do you hear a good question um <laughs> it's I, a funny I, question because the thing is so I, it, chock full of data it's yeah. unbelievable yeah <laughs> I, I think the two things I just mentioned, like we could have put special ed data in here or yeah. um, or information about, you know, second language learners and that sort of thing. I think that might have mm. been helpful. Um, I think as, as time goes on and more people play around with this, I think those kinds of gaps will come, will will make themselves evident. Tom, I'm wondering what you think. Are there are there things that we're missing in here or that you'd like to see expanded upon? What the... That's the, set, that's the phase that we're in now. The three pilot schools were taking their student data and tying it to the national data set so they can have information about frame-reduced lunch and, and uh, uh, language status and academic performance and et cetera tied to their, their, their student information system. But that has to remain private and behind a firewall so that it's just accessible to the, to the school district because we wouldn't want that type of data to be public. And so, again, we have the three schools, Cesar Sands, Altoona, and Albuquerque Public Schools that are piloting this. And our hope is that we'll be able to uh, create these partnerships and then I can build, the company that's, that's doing this uh, with us can build those interfaces for other schools if they so choose so that they can have that missing data that ties the school back to this community and the rest of the country. And I, I think it's so important because... I and I, I say this a lot, if I may, you know, one of the, one of the challenges of, of doing new things in public education is that everybody who's a constituent has gone through school. 
and they remember school and learning the way it was when they were there. But yeah, but in this high tech age, things change so quickly and kids are changing so much from what we were. Okay. Uh, And, you know, my my parents were worried I watched too much Howdy Doody and the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Okay. And today kids don't even know who those people are. All right. And it's, it's, you know, the, the way we look at the world is so different. And this has to just keep changing and changing and giving schools the information they need to teach today's kids. I mean, it's really just, it's, it's, to me, it's just fascinating. I can't thank you guys enough for doing this. I mean, how, how long did it take you? I, I, Lucy, how long does it take to put all this data together? I mean, it's amazing. Uh, well, I've only been on, I've been on the project since January, and, and Tom has been more deeply involved with this over the past couple of years, so he can probably talk to that a little bit more. But in terms of the actual data, I want to say it was the last, I don't know, three, four months that we really kind of, and I was able to do this. Um, wow. I don't, Don, Tom, do you have any more feedback on that? Yeah, Tom, how long does it take to get all this together in this day and age? So, so, yeah, so the data is already available now. Um, these were, were uh, national reports that came out, and, and I uh, combined those data sets into one and then broke it down by zip code and county, so it actually gives you a more intimate look into those data. And now it's a matter of uh, just adding and refreshing those data sets. Uh, that interface with the school to their to their student information system and, and other data that that takes a little a little longer. Although when I say a little longer, it, it takes uh, a few weeks for us to pull that in. So right now, it's at the easy part: pulling the tool and the dashboard and trying to to, to work out all of the challenges that a school-based person. In fact, one of the things we had to do was cut back on all the data because it was just huh. overwhelming. Uh, but now, now we've got it yeah. fine to Wow. Pilots are going to help us target uh, to find those things that uh, were the aha. Look at this is giving us and having some success stories. So there'll be a report out on one of those schools and what they found. Well, uh, please come back Another on and share I'll that add. report. Go ahead, Lucy, please. Go ahead. Yeah, the last thing I want to say, too, is that I think this sure. is incredibly valuable for schools who – particularly small school districts that don't necessarily have the personnel to develop their own data-driven tools. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a, at the COSIN conference this year, there was a gentleman from Fresno um, who developed a dashboard for his district. You know, that's a big district that can, that has data personnel probably on staff. Um, If you're a smaller district, you may not have those resources of somebody who's just analyzing um, data and this dashboard will make it a lot more user friendly yep. uh, yeah. and bring all those data sources into one portal so that you can um, make some informed decisions. So I think that's the other piece of this too is that yes, other people could be doing uh, dashboards as well if they have the manpower and um, and funding to do it. But this is really a great community service, I think, um, for everyone. It's a fantastic community service. It's, a, it's unbelievable. It's going to help school boards understand this, okay? You know, the ed tech directors in the school district understand this. They may not have all the data, but they get it, okay? But school board members, for the most part, are lay people, and they have to have, we have to explain this to them. They have to understand this, okay? And this helps so much. I just think it's, it's an incredible, incredible piece of information. So on behalf of everybody, Tom, thank you so much 
for doing this. And Lucy, thank you so much for doing this because you guys should be very proud of the work you're doing on this. That's all I, that's all I can say. Okay. So I, I thank you from, from everybody. Okay. For the work you've done. You did great. It's great. Thanks, Larry. And I really appreciate uh, Keith Kruger and the COSIN team for, oh, great. for driving this and finding uh, funders that, that believed in this and, and gave us the money that we could really make this happen for the country. Yeah, you did make it happen. Cosin did make it happen. They got the right people, you two, working on this thing. I got to tell you, and by the way, you're right. Keith is terrific. He's an old friend of mine. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Tom. You guys have a great day. And be proud of yourselves. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. We appreciate Bye-bye. it. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Lucy Gray, Dr. Tom Ryan. Okay. They, they, Lucy is the project director of the Digital Equity Initiative. Tom was the past co-student chair and also was the co-founder, I'll say it again, of K-12 Strategic Technology Advisory Group. And you could tell he knows his stuff and you can tell Lucy knows her stuff. It's really fascinating. And Keith and Mackenzie, thank you for helping me put together this show today. This was Fascinating is all I can tell you. Uh, we'll archive over at a-ed.org. I'm Larry Jacobs. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. 